Network Podcast with Mike and Bomber. All right, we're back for the round 10 review for uh, review. this week. Um, I always have to think about that because you always stuff it up and they've got me thinking about it. How are you? It's not, yeah, yeah, real good. Uh, not my strong point, uh, the review preview, but uh, <laughs> we're here nevertheless. Neither staying healthy by the sounds of it. Yeah, no, really struggling. You know, you think the flu shot that they tell you to get will, uh, you know, uh, guard against you being the flu, but obviously not. But uh, that's okay. We, we'll, we'll soldier on. All right. So a big week of uh, football. What uh, caught your eye? What caught my eye? Well, there's a, a heap. And, uh, I mean, where do you start? There's Brad Scott. There's um, another little brain phase for Dane Rampey on Friday night. Yep. Um, I guess to summarise, actually, while you're on that, uh, on that point, there was a really good tweet uh, that I saw. Yep. Uh, from Daniel Cherney, who I think works for Channel 9. Yeah. And he and he had this to say on Twitter, and he said, Quiet weekend. Uh, Scott confirms he's going. Ablett hits someone again. Lynch injured. Sheil and Stringer injured. Wells injured again. Rampy had another moment. Eagles come from five goals down to win. Key players hurt 48 hours from the mid-season draft, and Carlton haven't even played yet. <laughs> and that was on Saturday. So there's a bit happening over the weekend. There's a lot, yeah. So before we get into all those issues, who's your uh, star for the week? My star, and I like, you know me, I like guys that go under the radar a little bit, not not the guys that get all the publicity. So I'm going to go, my star this week is Ricky Henderson. Oh, yeah, yep. Had a good game. Oh, he has had a great, Start the year, and I would go as far to say at the moment that he is Hawthorne's most important or best midfielder. Yep, I'd agree with that. Um, forget the Jager bomb, Hendo is important. I mean, he's averaging 20 touches a game at the moment, um, and he's sort of bucking the trend of blokes. Um, I mean, he's 30 and playing career best footy, so he's, so he's uh, aging gracefully. He's doing really well. How about you? Uh, my star for the week, probably a little obvious. Michael Walters got the got the oh, uh, got the result at the end there. Managed to hit the post from forty five meters out, and we won the game. So that was uh, a bit of a highlight for me. After a pretty frustrating game, uh, we managed to just get over the line after the siren. He was. He said in the uh, on the telly afterwards, he was still dirty that he missed. Yeah, well, it was. A, I don't know if you'd seen the kick, but he absolutely uh, nailed the kick, and it was going through, going through, right to the last second, and uh, clipped the post. But uh, he was pretty excited when it did, anyway, and so was everybody else at the ground. Yeah, it would have been good to be there, and uh, I knew that you'd be a bit uh, frustrated with the game. It's typical Ross line, but we'll get more into the free a bit later. Yep. Um, Shall we get in the flog? Yeah, who's your flog? My flog is really tough this week because it's someone that I love dearly. Oh. Um, Sorry, I've Nads. flogged little Gaz. <laughs> I've, I've flogged little Gaz. Little Gaz? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. For, the, uh, for the right hook on, uh, what's his name? Uh, Anthony Miles from Richmond. Yep. I mean, no, he's not Richmond anymore. Gold Coast. Gold Coast. We'll get that right eventually. Um. Well, it's his third time up uh, up at the MRP in four weeks, I think, and this time he's dropped a week. Um, 
And every time, it seems like when every time he does something, he puts his hands up in the air to say, but what do you mean? I didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, so, no, no I, I love Gaz, but he's, I don't know what's made him so angry lately, and he can have a week to think about it. How about you? Uh, my flog uh, relating to the Dockers game, Tim Gossage, <laughs> and I think you Gossage. you saw this one, um, was a little bit upset about the not Lockie Neal booing. Oh, this is ridiculous. Yeah, go on. Uh, so, obviously, he's put a tweet out there. Uh, I haven't got it in front of me, but basically having uh, not being very happy about the booing and pointing out all the Dockers players that have uh, come from other teams um, and whether, I'm not sure if they've been booed or not. But, um, yeah, I just thought, uh, you know, it's you know, a little bit of booing and it wasn't sort of – over-the-top booing or anything like that. It was a little bit because, you know, one of your favourite players has gone to a rival team and you're not happy about it. And uh, we wanted to make it a little bit hard for him on the day. Have we become that precious as a society that we can't, you know, get stuck into someone who's left our club? Like, I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so we can only clap people now. We can't do anything negative. Oh, we no. can't put off people. You can't have a home ground advantage. You can't have a hostile environment. No. Well, you get a grip, mate. That's can't, ridiculous. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think that's pathetic. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, no, nah, don't like it. All right. All right. Let's get on to the news. So I think the big one that we will start with is uh, Brad Scott announcing that he is uh, pulling the pin. Yeah, it was sort of weird about how this all broke. Um, and uh, I, I think uh, it broke in the media before the players actually found out, which is a bit disappointing. So someone yeah. out of North Leak, but... Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, this is an interesting one and there's a lot of people with different opinions on this. So, I mean, what do you think before I start going on a bit of a rant here? What do you reckon? I thought, um, other than one particular incident, Brad Scott handled himself really well. Um, and, and what I heard was that they went into a, a list management meeting, I think it was, and he, uh, sort of told the guys that, Basically, they need to start rebuilding and um, they said, all right, well, are you sort of keen for that? And he said that he didn't think he was um, he was up for it and then that was basically it. So uh, pretty pretty honest sort of a, a thing to say in a meeting, I guess. Um, and I think what's probably quite apparent here is that he's sort of putting the – the needs of the club maybe ahead of his own sort of uh, agenda, which was quite what, refreshing. What are your thoughts on that? Well, Do you think he's putting the club first? That's what uh, what what's been said, as far as I can well, uh, I can tell. So, see, I, I don't agree with Kane Thorns very often, as you know. Mm. Uh, but Kane Thorns came out on his the AFL uh, app. Had a luck on on Saturday night. They released like a bit of an overview of the round so yep. far on Saturday night. And Corns was saying that he doesn't think it's in the best interest of the Kangaroos. He thinks that Brad Scott is doing it in the best interest of Brad Scott. And I can't I can't help but agree with him. I think that Brad Scott's done this beautifully for his own ambitions. Uh, if he's going to coach again, and I think he does want to coach again. Mm. Um, I don't know where all this this talk has. You know, has come out of Brad Scott just as master coach. I don't agree with that. Mm. Um, I mean, would you want Brad Scott coaching Freo next year? Uh, I, yeah, I don't think so. But 
Um, I, I would. Need, I haven't looked at his sort of how things have gone. I think he's been there ten years or something. I haven't looked at. He's sort been of, there nine and a half years, and, mm. and literally the win over the on the weekend put his win winning ratio over his losses. So I think it's yeah. like. Well, he hasn't had, a, hasn't had a good outfit over there at North Melbourne. They haven't had a, a great team or anything like that. So, uh, well, he's had 10 years to have a crack at it. So it's, it's, a, it's a really tough one. But I think he's done it perfectly for himself. So he hasn't been sacked. He's walked away when the, the, the list was going, I guess, backwards, um, despite all the recruits they got in last year. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I don't think, like, you look at the clubs that may lose their coach, if it's Charlton, Essendon, and Kilda, I don't know if Brad Scott would make them better, but that's that's an interesting one to, to ponder. Mm. Yeah, I I see where you're sort of coming from, but at the same time, I think if you're not prepared to take a team that needs a list re- rebuild through that, and you've said, look, basically it's too hard, I, I'm, I'm not prepared to do that, then that's in the best interest of the kangaroos because you don't want a guy there yeah, that's not oh, interested in doing the job. Oh, of course, of course. No, I completely agree with that. But yeah. where do you think, I mean, all those teams that he could potentially go to, probably apart from Essendon, are going through a rebuild. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't know. I, I think as well he talked about playing more golf and spending more time with his family, but, you know, as you do when you're sort of pulling a pin on a job. But, um, you know, maybe yeah. he just needs a bit of time away from the, the game and then he'll come back refreshed and ready to maybe take well, one of those teams. Yeah, I have heard from a, a source pretty close to, uh, to uh, I guess, the kangaroos. I've managed to do a couple of tours through there in my time and uh, um, I heard that he's just an intense footy person. Like, he can't have a conversation with Brad Scott if it's not to do with footy. Mm. It's just all footy, footy, footy. And maybe that's what, so, um, you know, his you know wife and kids aren't happy about and needs to take a break. Well, yeah, maybe. What do you think about the incident with David King? Uh, just quickly, yeah. Um, stupid. Um, And then what he said about it as well was really uh, strange. (laughs) But it sort of reminded me of the type of player he was, you know, didn't take a backwards step. Oh, exactly. Um, You know, uh, I had a little bit of a laugh about it, but um, not a a great look. It was entertaining for the the viewer, Um, but I I read something on, on Twitter that said, I think it was from Robbo, who, I don't know why I'm agreeing so much with Robbo lately, <laughs> but it said if it was the other way around, King wouldn't be working for Fox anymore. Yeah, I did see that, yep. And that's so, true, uh, but yeah, I guess he's yeah. in the position where he's walking away, so his job doesn't matter. So anyway, yeah. maybe that'll uh, go against him in future job applications, but we'll, we'll possibly, see. Possibly, that's what some talkback uh, people said. And uh, yeah, so interesting development. So let's move on. Yes. Uh, tonight, uh, we'll... Uh, we've just seen, I guess, the first mid-season draft Yeah. in, I think it was 26 years or something like that. So yep. some interesting selections. It was. Um, so just getting it up here. I've lost my spot. So, so number one pick was a former docker, Josh DeLuca. Yeah. Gets and, another chance. Yeah, it's good for him. Um, bit, a bit of a worry when a, a club picks up a player that you've delisted, thinking, oh, maybe we didn't uh, play him enough. I think he might have played a handful yeah. of games for the Dockers. Never lit the world on fire, yeah. but you know some players um, take a bit of time to 
to uh, get used to the game, and he's been doing well for uh, Subiaco this year, so uh, good for him. Get another go. Yeah, another notable is uh, Melbourne picked up Kyle Dunkley, who's the brother of uh, Josh Dunkley at the Bulldogs. Oh, yeah. And you've got uh, former Docker Cam Sutcliffe being picked up by Port Adelaide. Yes, that was uh, and, an interesting uh, one. He was never a horrible player, but um, I think maybe they were just looking to go a different direction with the defensive line. A bit of depth in the midfield, maybe, mm. uh, support. Um, and another very notable one, and I'm really happy to see this bloke get picked up on it. Maybe has a little bit to do with the success of Sydney Stack with Marlon Pickett yeah. getting picked up by Richmond. Mm. Uh, and this was after he, uh, he had a finger issue and didn't play on the weekend, and we thought, that might have harmed his chances, but he's been picked up by Richmond. And I think he's so out for something like eight finger. weeks with that finger injury. So um, yeah. interesting selection there. Obviously, they're not looking to play him anytime soon, but um, yeah, good for him. And one more that and I'll mention. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dylan O'Reilly, son of uh, former Fremantle football player Stephen O'Reilly, uh, used to play fullback for the Dockers. Uh, back when we we began in the 90s. And, um, yeah, really excited about this one. I I watched the little highlights package. I mean, the one thing I will say, another key forward, uh, probably the one thing we're not really lacking at the moment other than uh, the injury to uh, Tabena, which maybe is a reason for picking up someone like this. But 18-year-old, I think he's, uh, what was he like? Uh, 194 centimetres tall, key forward. I'm just frantically freaking, flicking through to the part where I saw his stats. Yeah, 193 centimetres, age 18, key forward, and um, drafted from East Fremantle. Or maybe a project. Probably a project. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, a good one to get when it's um, sort of a father-son sort of uh, recruit. So Yeah. I was actually a bit surprised. Obviously, I I sort of saw this and thought, oh, he's 18. So what are the rules around who you can select in these things? And it looks like as long as they've nominated for a draft in the past that it's open slather, you can yeah. uh, you can pick him up. So he must have nominated last yeah. year and they've picked up um, another key forward. Yeah, well, it'll obviously be a project. What will be interesting, I guess, is to see if any of these blokes end up playing this year. So uh, we'll mm. watch this uh, watch this space and well, see if it's successful or not. I'm not sure how the other sort of forwards for the Dockers are going, but I did sort of see in his highlights package lots of strong contested marks. And the one thing that we lost with uh, Matt Tabiner going down for the season is is that. So I wonder if they're looking at maybe um, giving him a few games this year. Be interesting. Yeah, we'll watch watch this space. I think. Um You'd think uh, DeLuca would probably be your best bet to get a uh, mm. to get a game. But when you've got Jesse Hogan up there who didn't have a kick at all yesterday, um, we think you could probably do with some uh, some reinforcements. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so while we're talking right. about the Dockers, I'll just go on to this uh, little segue here. Um, go ahead, go on. Harley Bennell had a uh, first game back from injury in the waffle uh, on Saturday played well. and played well, had uh, had the 30 disposals and two goals from limited minutes. So um, that's pretty good signs from a guy that hasn't been on the park much in the last few years. But um, Straight in next week? 
I wouldn't have thought so. But um, one thing that I think one thing I think that the Dockers miss a lot is a player that can bring that excitement. Um, and it sort of hit me a little bit with um, you know someone like Rioli coming back into the Eagles team. It's just this other yeah. this player that can do something special that. You know, players don't other you know players don't have an answer for. So, Harley Bennell at his best was uh, was one of those players, but uh, yeah, it remains to be seen whether he can stay fit to uh, to get a shot at doing that in the AFL again. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch the space if he stays fit. I suppose uh, I reckon Ross Lyon would want to see more of his body of work than just one game. So it'll be interesting to see how how he goes. Yeah, good luck to him. Um, yeah, absolutely. So another couple of interesting things uh, from the weekend. Obviously, we uh, Liam Baker won the Rising Star. Yep, and got a mark another boy from Lake Grace, where uh, your man uh, Fife is from. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. Also got a uh, mark of the week nomination uh, for his sort of running back with the flight and diving through the air. Uh, mark. It was a really good mark, actually. So. Um, yeah. So another another little. Uh, Quirky stat with the mark of the round one. So since uh, 2011, right? Uh, check this out. So Swamp is at it again, uh, doing his best work. Mm. So people oh, who yeah. have won Mark of the Week nomination have been 174. We'll scroll through a bit. Uh, 13 Mark of the Week nominations in the last nine years. You've got Drew Petrie and Nick Nat. Uh, with 23 Mark of the Round nominations, you've got Jack Rewalt, which well, I'm surprised by that. But 33, Jeremy Howe has had 33 Mark of the Round nominations in the last, well, since 2011. That's massive. It's insane, isn't it? <laughs> he just loves it, old Jezza. Mm, so um, he loves to jump on people's backs. Yep, yep, get around him. Uh, interesting to note also. Mm that uh, this this round that just gone was the lowest scoring round of the season. Mm. Um, only North Melbourne cracked 100, which is interesting. Wow, okay. That's, uh, it is strange. And, and given my bet last week of Collingwood winning by 40-plus points... Um, yeah, that didn't work for you. No, that didn't work, and I regretted it uh, as soon as we started looking into the games last week. But, oh, well, better luck but this also, week. But you do need a bit of a pat on the back this week, I must say. Okay. Because uh, this, this is the first week since round one that you have beaten me in the footy table. <laughs> well, I was so, due. Seven for you, six for me. So you were due. Uh, I went to Port Adelaide down in uh, Tassie. And yeah, I, that was a big not. mistake. Yeah, well. I thought, yeah, you, you, you just gave me that one. They didn't score in the first quarter. What are yeah. they doing? I don't think um, they scored anyway, much in the second quarter either. No, probably not. Anyway, a little bit of West Coast time, if you don't mind. Yep. Uh, you only got 30 uh, seconds, so you better keep it quick. All right. <laughs> well, firstly, I think we should mention Tex Walker. Did you see the clip of him uh, in the contest oh, with Shannon Hearn? Yeah, getting a bit sort of, oh, I don't want to get put my head over the ball. Oh, wow, That is not a good look uh, for the Texans. So Especially when the opposition is skipper is the one that's uh, gone in yeah, there head the first and picked skippers. the ball up. Oh, that was not a good look. And uh, Tex, oh, the and he, him, and Hilberg again, uh, you know, had no impact on the game uh, for the Crows, which was an issue. And particularly when you've got Kennedy and Darling kicking six goals between them for West Coast. Yeah. Um, interesting thing with with the Eagles. 
Um, uh, they kicked six goals from clearances uh, on uh, in the second half, sorry, from clearances, which was just massive. Adelaide never conceded that much in a game all year. Wow. So uh, it was it was a big turnaround after half time, and we'll touch on it a bit in a minute. But um, good win from the Eagles. And last thing I'll mention, Dane Zorko. Mm. I don't know if you noticed him doing anything yesterday. This guy is going under the radar on the stat of the day, this one. He leads the comp in four categories, in goal assists, tackles inside 50, inside 50s, and pressure acts. Right. Get around Zorko. He's leading from the front of the skipper. The only, really well. the only thing I know about Zorko is that he tackled someone in the in the forward 50 and got a goal and uh, shouldn't well, have been uh, holding the ball. That's what I think. Anyway. It was well, disgusting. Go, but he's, he's doing a lot of tackles anyway. And uh, I suppose we should just quickly mention Daniel Wells as well. Really disappointing to see him get injured yep. on Friday night. It um, was, after he kicked three goals as well. Oh, how good did he look? Yeah. Um, so, real shame. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully he can get back uh, for Collingwood to make the finals. Let's hope so. All right. Well, uh, is that it? Should we do our votes? Yeah. Uh, let's uh, take a short break and we'll be back with our votes in just a minute. This is Holding the Ball, the podcast. And we're back and we're going to kick it off with the Friday night game, which was Sydney versus the Pies. And uh, pretty tight game in the end, this one. But um, I... Yeah, it really did stuff my multi up. And I, yeah, can't believe it. Anyway. Uh, Nothing worse than... Nothing worse than multi being done on a Friday night. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm not doing that this week. <clears throat> All right, so I'll go through my votes. Uh, I gave one yeah. vote to Grundy. I thought he was really good around the ground. Uh, 18 disposals, 14 of those contested, eight tackles, seven clearances, and 64 hitouts, if you don't mind. Uh, mm, killed it. Gave the two votes to Scott Pendlebury. He had 29 disposals, 16 of those contested. Nine tackles, nine clearances, five inside inside fifties, and one really, really go- good goal from the boundary that you might have seen uh, on oh, the highlights. Yeah. Uh, and this one's pretty obvious. I gave the three votes uh, to Sam Reed, uh, a man that seems to be injury free at the moment and is back in the side. He had nine marks, six of those contested and kicked a lazy six goals for the night. So a uh, really good game from Sam Reid. Um, just quickly also the highlight from that game, uh, obviously we mentioned Wells getting injured after kicking three goals. Uh, Josh Kennedy also got injured, looked like a bit of a knee, not sure how he's going there. And also did you see uh, Chris Main's goal from the goal square after falling yes, over? Yes, I did, yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, a that really was, good one. Uh, really good instinctive play, and Dane Rampy's brain fired with a 50. Yes, that's right. Oh, Rampy continues to defy. That uh, was the worst running over the mark I've ever seen. <laughs> it was terrible. All right, we're going to keep this pretty quick. We're going to move on to the second game which is Hawthorne against Port Adelaide. And uh, the Hawks won this one pretty comfortably, uh, kept power scoreless in the in the first quarter, as you mentioned before. I've given the one vote to Sicily. Uh, he had the 23 disposals, eight marks, and 550 metres gained. I've given uh, the two votes to your mate, Henderson. Uh, He's my man. He's my new man. And you said he was averaging 20 disposals a game this season. Well, he had 37, so he sort of doubled his average uh, 
for this game. 37 disposals, 11 marks, and 810 metres gained. So uh, a big sort of outside midfielder's game from Henderson. And I gave the three votes to Gunston. And a bit of a theme here in the first two games, uh, the three votes go to two players that kicked six goals. So Gunston had the nine. Yeah, well, I think six goals is the point where I think, you know, that's massive. Uh, and, yeah. you know, three votes is warranted. So Gunston, nine marks, 21 disposals, and the six goals. Uh, a couple of quick things from this game. Scrimshaw injured his knee. Not sure how he's going to recover. Rockcliffe looked to have maybe pulled a hammy, although I think I saw earlier that he's going to be okay for the game in Shanghai. Uh, and uh, there was one, uh, well, a couple of moments, Gunston's little toe goal that was nominated for goal of the goal of the uh, week. Oh, yeah, that was a very... It was an absolute ripper little little goal. Uh, And then one little thing that happened during the game, Chad Wingard picked up the ball on the wing and was immediately got smashed by about three power players. Uh, Really good to see. Yeah, it was a bit like that. So that's the first two games. On to you with uh, the Dogs and North. Uh, Friday, the Dogs and North. Um, I guess the main talking point about this was Brad Scott and, and all the incidents surrounding that. But really, uh, the dogs were coming in the last quarter, and I guess this is really disappointing for the dogs as they've now lost to a host of teams that are right down the bottom. Gold Coast, um, Carlton, the only game they've won was against the Bulldogs and now North. So that's really going to come to hurt the Bulldogs in the end of the year. Um my votes for this game, I gave one vote to Josh Dunkley. I could have given a one vote to about five different players, but I went with Dunkley with his 29 touches, 20 of them were contested. He had uh, eight score involvement from seven clearances, so he's having a good little patch, is, uh, is Dunkley. Mm. I gave two votes to Sean Higgins uh, with 34 touches, nine score involvement from 10 inside 50s, and three votes to the Evergreen uh, big ruckman Todd Goldstein, just the lazy... 28 touches at 80% to go with his 57 hit out. So a great game from uh, from Big Goldie. He was due a big game, wasn't he? He um, did it for uh, for his uh, mate Brad Scott's uh, final game. Yeah, for sure he did. Then uh, I'll move straight on to the Adelaide Oval where uh, the West, the mighty West Coast Eagles got the got the chocolates against uh, Adelaide with 10 of the last 12 goals. And this was a, a ripper game and... Uh, Going through, it was, good. it was good. I was thinking about turning the bloody thing off at half time, but it ended up being all right. Uh, so I gave one vote in this game, and I think this guy's has been really influential for Adelaide. I gave one vote to Cam Elsie-Olman. Mm. I think he's really important in the midfield. Uh, he's just had a bit of grunt. 30 touches for him, eight clearances, 10 tackles, eight score involvement. So he's really important. Um, and these two players here, and I'm giving two and three votes to They've been huge in, in West Coast resurgence. I mean, the Eagles have won four in a row now. Um, and these two guys here are pretty much saying to the rest of the team, if you like, they're saying, come on, boys, let's go. Come with me. We've got this. And uh, that's uh, I got two votes to Luke Shuey, uh, who had 33 disposals, six, uh, sorry, 767 metres gained, 10 clearances, eight of which were in the second half. If you watch the highlights of the last quarter, you see Shuey's getting out of the midfield pretty much every time uh, to go with his 10 tackles. And I gave three votes to Elliot Yo, 
27 touches, 15 tackles. So that's two weeks in a row that Yo's had more than 15 tackles. Um, eight score involvement to go with 47 pressure acts, which is off the scale. Like that's uh, that's absolutely outrageous. So uh, overall, a really good game for West Coast. It looks like I'm going for a hat trick. I've got the next game as well. You have, yeah. Keep it on going. Uh, oh, so I won't come up for breath just yet. So up at the home of football at Metricon Stadium, <laughs> uh, the mighty Gold Coast Suns stayed with the Cats for three quarters. They only trailed by two points at three quarter time. But Geelong, uh, I mean, they're just a class side and they weren't going to to, to lose to the Suns. They ended up winning by 27 points, which is good good signs for the Suns. They're showing before, uh, I guess they're overperforming in a way. The last two weeks they've been competitive for three quarters and they're, uh, you know, you know my view on the Suns, get around them. Uh, but the, yeah. the Cats uh, train just keeps on rolling along. So my votes for this game, uh, I gave the Tomahawk. Uh, with four goals, three, and six contested marks. I thought he was the dominant forward on the ground. Uh, I gave him one vote. Uh, David Swallow's had an excellent season. I gave him uh, the two votes based on his uh, 29 disposals with 13 clearances. So that's a massive number of clearances there. Swallow, he's having a great year as captain this year. And three votes. This guy's had some sort of patch. Uh, Mitch Duncan had uh, 27 touches, three goals. Seven intercepts and four rebounds. So doing it at both ends of the ground. Wow. Um, and I think his last, uh, in, in three of the last four games, he's had around the 30 touches and three goals. Like his, his form line for the last month has been outstanding, Mitch Duncan. So probably not the most talked about player in the uh, Cats midfield, but he's, he's uh, hitting peak form uh, at the moment, Mitch Duncan. Yeah, Duncan, uh, I think he got three votes last week when uh, I watched the game. Um, he's going yeah, really he's well. Fire. Over to you for the dream time. All right, so dream time at the G. Uh, the Tigers came on, uh, came out twenty-three point winners over the Bombers, uh, and I went with uh, Parish for the one vote. I think he's standing up quite well in a team that is. Uh, having a few injury problems and um, got a few more during the game. Parrish had 31 disposals, 19 of those contested, five tackles, nine clearances, five inside 50s and 507 metres gained. I gave the two oh, votes. Sorry. Good Could have seen playing well. Yeah, it is. Uh, I gave the two votes to Dustin Martin, uh, a couple of games in a row where he's had a good game, uh, 35 disposals, seven marks, eight clearances, eight inside 50s and 707 metres gained. And uh, I thought Basher Hooley was the uh, standout for the day. He had the 37 disposals, six marks, five tackles, 12 intercept possessions and 814 metres gained. So a uh, big game there from Hooley. And I think a couple of their sort of uh, running halfbacks are sort of setting it up really well for uh, Richmond at the moment. So um, probably someone needs to stand next to Hooley, I think, in uh, next week's game. But a uh, couple of quick things from that game. Uh, Stringer had a hammy. Uh, yeah. Pulled a hammy. And also Dylan Scheel uh, pulled a hammy as well. So... Um, a couple of big losses, really, from a team that can't really afford too many more injuries. Yeah, it's a struggle. But an interesting point with Basher Hall, you were talking about him before. Mm-hmm. For us, now he, and, and this is the only vote system that everybody has to follow, of course. <laughs> uh, Basher Hall has now folded the last three games for Richmond, so he's been a big part of their resurgence uh, of late. 
Yeah, he has been. He's been very good. So, um, as I said, someone needs to man up on him, I think, and just play that negative forward role uh, on him so that they can stop that rebound and run out of defense. Um, I'll move on to the next game, which I have uh, the Demons against the Giants. And this was a Melbourne side that looked a shadow of the side that played West Coast last week. They were absolutely useless on uh, on Sunday. Sunday, uh, yeah. <laughs> One goal to half time. Yeah, uh, just terrible. Um, so uh, we've given the one vote here to Himmelberg. He had 18 disposals, 10 of those contested, 11 score involvements and five goals. Uh, interesting that five goals gets you one vote, but six vote, six goals gets you three. So just uh, got to get the six yeah. goals. Um, yeah. Maxi gone, I gave the two votes. He was basically the only Melbourne player I thought that uh, was able to stand up to the Giants on the weekend. He had 25 disposals, eight marks, four of those contested, 35 hitouts, eight score involvements and six clearances. And uh, um, one that's probably moving quite quickly to the top of our Brownlow leaderboard is uh, Kelly. He's had 31 disposals. He is 31 disposals at 74%, uh, 10 tackles, seven inside 50s, nine score involvements, 609 metres gained and a goal. So um, Josh, Josh Kelly, not Josh Kelly, Tim Kelly. Uh, doing really well. Uh, no, you do mean Josh Kelly. I do mean Josh Kelly. Oh, shit. Yeah, I do. Yeah, <laughs> Kelly's mixed up. I'm, right. I'm getting my Kellys mixed up. All right. So uh, your last game, Saints and yep. Carlton. Yeah, you have a breather over there, and I'll take you through Saints and Carlton. Now, this was a – Carlton came out with some good intent here with the Saints. Too good in the end. Um and they're just ticking along nicely, the Saints. Uh, you know, they're uh, square the leisure, and they, they're going about, all right, there's been talk of them playing finals. I think that's a bit, bit of a stretch. But uh, anyway, in this game, I gave the one vote. And I, this guy's been all right, but uh, he's been unlucky not to get both the last few weeks to Luke Dunstan. Uh, with his 20 touches goal and eight clearances, I thought was really good. Uh, Gresham, young Gresham, I gave two votes to for his... Uh, 29 disposals, six clearances, and six inside 50s. He's probably almost emerging as St Kilda's best player at the moment. He's mm. when when he gets the ball, something happens with it, um, and he's he's going really well. And the man who played on Paddy Cripps will get three votes this week. He was really good. Um, limited Cripps's, I guess, impact. Even though Cripps did have 28 touches himself, uh, but Jake Steele gets the oh, Jack Steele is it? I'll stuff that up. <laughs> gets the 28 touches. With uh, 10 tackles and nine score involvements was really influential for the Saints. So uh, a good win for them and back to you to finish the round up with the Dockers. Yeah. And so, the as you know, the prime time uh, slot for the Dockers again, the 3.20 start over here in WA on Sunday afternoon. Uh, That's and where Mike is at Optus Stadium every time. Yep. You know where I am Sunday afternoon. Um and so it was obviously, uh, which we haven't mentioned yet, uh, Sir Douglas Nichols' round. And uh, yes. the Indigenous kids for the Dockers really stood up. I thought all of them played really well. Um, but I've given uh, the one vote to Nathan Wilson, who I thought was really damaging off uh, off halfback. He basically, whenever he got the ball, just decided to run 
and run. Uh, and, you know, he got caught a couple of times, which you do, but I think it was that ability to break some lines and sort of move the defence around by running that um, helped us break the game open. Uh, he had 30, 30 disposals at 70%, eight marks, seven intercept possessions, uh, four inside 50s and 758 metres gained. Uh, and mm. I gave the two votes to a Brisbane player, Harris Andrews, who um, he was huge down back. Was good. I think he played on Hogan, didn't he? And uh, for a while, but in part, yeah. Uh, Hogan didn't have a kick, but uh, Harris Andrew had fifteen disposals at ninety-three percent efficiency, ten marks, and four of those contested, and eleven intercept possessions. So he was really good. And I've given the three votes to what I thought was a clear, clearly the standout player, another one that was able to just run and break lines. Uh, Bradley Hill had the 31 disposals at 80%, four inside 50s, three rebound 50s, which I guess uh, shows that he's at both ends running up and down. 757 metres gained and eight score involvement, so he had a really good game. And He was the one making things happen. He was. He was the one taking the game on and breaking the lines. He was excellent. It's good. when I mean, he runs and runs and runs every game, but when he's able to do it and actually sort of put some, uh, you know, have some damaging possessions, uh, it's just really, really good. And there was a couple of times where I thought, and it's probably something where Nathan Wilson can learn from Brad Hill a little bit, is that Brad Hill was able to break the lines a little bit and was off and had a bounce and looked up the ground and didn't sort of see anything long. Uh, and was able to just do a little sort of 15, 20-metre chip kick, which then opened the ground up further, and he was able to then run past and either get another possession or or whatever. But Nathan Wilson tends to run past players and then just kick it as long as he can. Um, So that's where he needs to work on. And just quickly before we move on, I just want to mention Brett Bewley's debut game. Um, Didn't have a whole heap of the ball, but when he got it, looked calm, and he had uh, a couple of kicks that were just absolute pinpoint kicks just over Brisbane yeah, players. Yeah, they mentioned that in the commentary. Yeah, just over Brisbane players' uh, heads. And, um, yeah, uh, based on his sort of disposal uh, efficiency from what I saw, uh, hopefully he continues to get some game time. That would be good to see some Dockers players that yeah. have some good skills for a change. So, um that's that game. Yeah, excellent. All right. Are we going to quickly uh, go over the, the leaderboard or? Yeah, well, quickly, I've just got some breaking news. Oh, uh, okay. To say that. So, so I've just heard uh, from newsbreaker Thomas O'Reilly, who is excellent yeah. at being a great newsbreaker. He's just revealed that the AFL match review panel officer, Michael Christian, has just rang Gary Ablett to apologise for his one-week ban and uh, insist that it won't happen again. <laughs> so a uh, bit of humour there from Titus. We love it. Okay. Uh and uh, we'll quickly look at the leaderboard. There wasn't much change to the leaderboard. Um, only Grundy moving up a vote. So Neil still leaves it with 15. From Grundy, Sloan, and Cripps and Kelly, uh, who didn't poll but could poll this week. So they were thereabouts, I think, for, for, for me. Mm. Um, but some bolters. Luke Shuey bolting up to nine votes with Pendlebury and Dusty Martin making his move as well. So uh, yeah. pretty, pretty interesting at the top. It is, yeah. Uh, it's getting a bit tighter after Lockie Neal sort of had a, a pretty big um, lead there for a while. All right. Oh, absolutely. So, so that, that covers it. 
Yep, that's it for this week's uh, well, the this week's review podcast anyway, and uh, we'll be back later in the week with a preview of round eleven. Beauty, thanks for listening. This is holding the ball, the podcast with Mike and Bomber.